Hi, it's Nikki here and I'm jumping in just before the episode begins to let you know that from the 5th to the 18th of September 2022, the doors are open to the Thrive First Method and you can join us anytime. The link is in the show notes or you can just head to www.tlb.org.uk forward slash TT checkout. To help you decide if it's right for you, I have recorded a series of podcast episodes. So that's from episode 94 to episode 97. And in these, I've covered every question I've been asked. I've brought on my clients as special guests so that you can hear what it's really like when we do this work together. So I hope whatever episode you're about to listen to today serves you, regardless of whether you're joining us or not. And if you are, I cannot wait to welcome you in. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross and today I am joined by a very special guest. I am joined today by Megan Hewitt, who is a personal trainer and a PhD graduate. As it's getting closer and closer to the doors opening to the Thrive First Method, I think we're talking the 5th of September 2022 from the top of my head. I'm getting questions from you guys about what it's like behind the scenes. And yes, while I'm going to be recording a solo episode that is purely Q&A, I thought it would also be really valuable to hear from a current member from the behind the scenes. And even if you have no intention whatsoever of signing up to the Thrive First Method, I think you're going to benefit from this conversation. Today, I'm asking Meg about balance, how she has navigated running her business alongside studying for a PhD. And even if that's not your case, even if you are trying to balance your career with your family life, whatever the situation for you, I think that you're going to really benefit from hearing Meg's experience. So today, I'm asking her questions like, how she's managed negative thought loops and what it's been like not being able to join in live calls because of the nature of Meg's work. She actually can't get to many or any of the live calls all the way through to how she's navigated overwhelm, how she's identified what thriving looks like to her and how she's navigated going from being really, really busy to finding the time to study at the same time as being really successful in both her business, but also in her inner world. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Meg, welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. Hi, hello. Meg, before we dive into today's conversation, because I think that there's so much that you can share around balancing and finding the time to thrive first when things are challenging and demanding. You know, you've not only been running a business, but you've also been balancing your PhD alongside that. Before we dive into all of that, I'm really keen to hear your experience because you are one of my clients who, because of the nature of your work, you can't attend many of the lives. And I know that there will be a lot of people out there who will also be in that situation because of the nature of what they do and where the the live calls fall they too wouldn't be able to join the lives. And it's a question that I get asked often. So while I've got you, and before we dive into the conversation, can you tell me your experience of that? How has it affected you when you've been learning the Thrive First Method and practicing the Thrive First Method? How has it impacted you not being able to join the live calls too? Yeah, I think that generally the lives have happened when I've been working I've you know had a client or commitments with my um studies 
So as much as, you know, I'd have loved to have been attending like as many of those as I can, I don't really feel like that I've really missed out massively there because like you say, they are on replay. I can catch up with them. But also you've got so much other content on around those two. It's just worked really well for me in my busy schedule. Yeah, that's such a good point. There will be a lot of people who I get this quite a lot, this question quite a lot is, you know, is this Thrive First Method? Is it right for me? Because I'm already really busy. And you were, Meg. So I'm really keen to hear your thought process around that because I think quite often what people can think is, this is just going to be another thing to do on top of all of the stuff that I'm already navigating. What was your experience at the beginning, Meg? What was your decision-making process? I came across you, Nikki. Um, I think it was maybe through a friend on social media. And I think it was more, yeah, I guess it was that same old excuse of, oh, do I have the time or the commitment to, to do that? Am I going to be able to invest into it what I need and get from it what I want? Um, so I kind of just had toyed with the idea for so long. And it was kind of one of those things that was always a bit in the back burner. And then, yeah, last year when we first spoke on Instagram, I messaged you, didn't I? I was just having a bit of a hard time, really, um, with, I think, after COVID, with my PhD, with my business and everything just kind of just not really blew up in my face but it was just suddenly very overwhelming and I just went oh, through heavy yeah really heavy and like I'd just been going for kind of so long and then something just happened and I just didn't feel how I wanted to feel and um, mm-hmm. so I got in touch with you and I thought it is about time that I've joined that I started listening to the podcast episodes and then really for me after listening to some of those I think you even suggested that I try that go away listen to some of the episodes see what I think make an informed decision because then you know I would been following your page and I'd been seeing you know people responding to the content on there and I thought god it's not just me like this is Mm. this is normal stuff everyone thinks like this at some point everyone feels like that at some point Um, and yeah it just felt really sure and just suddenly like okay this is completely normal and I'm not just some weirdo (laughs) who you know is battling with this Um, and that and that yeah it just was really 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 reassuring and then joined from there and I think it was after the first episode I just thought why am I not a member of this? Because it's like you're speaking to me from inside of my head, my own thoughts and feelings. It just felt so personal and <laughs> and just hit everything that was currently cycling around in, in my brain around life and business. So then continue to listen to a few more of the episodes and, and then decided to join. It's so true though, isn't it? Like business can make you feel well it's, it can be really lonely it can feel like oh god like I am the only one experiencing this level of self-doubt or experiencing these challenges or this struggle and I've said it before and I'll say it again I genuinely do think that business whether you're in a job in a career or you're running your own business it's like a fast track to personal and spiritual development <laughs> Yeah. I, love that. I love that line because that is exactly what it is what it's massively been for me there's been such a trans- transition of going from running a business in a busy gym other coaches people around me like my business colleague and you know us being able to kind of bounce off each other when maybe we were struggling with something or you know anything in terms of like program or maybe you know an experience that a client had had and how we'd kind of dealt with it and what advice that we give him but 
transitioning from there to being on your own in that one-to-one environment suddenly you find yourself just doubting all aspects of what you're actually doing and when you know little the little things that seem to then turn into these these massive things that I look back on now and think like that was you know that was mad but it's like you say it's realizing that it is just such a fast track to develop to human development overall yeah and I've, and I've got a lot from that you know massively this past 18 months especially and it's shaped me into now the like business owner that I now am and how you know I have evolved from those stages oh god yeah we hate it don't we we hate going through the shitty bit it's shit to go through the shitty bit but it shapes you you can't really knock the phrase it's character building because it's character building but and this is what I want to get onto with you sometimes we need that support to go through the character building stuff Meg what's your experience been of it like learning it practicing it especially with how busy you have been running your business and your PhD studying all at the same time Basically, I think my biggest takeaway from all of it has just been like the importance of literally thriving first before anything. And I think I credited you in my um, thesis, didn't I, about that, Nikki, because that for me, when I'm in the midst of maybe, you know, maybe an overwhelming day and I've got a lot going on, it's still making time for those little things that keep me thriving and ticking over. And that then feeds into the, you know, your day to day, the job, everything that goes along with it. A, but it's been prioritizing and making time for those little things that actually are the big things to me. And that I know when if I'm maybe neglecting those because, you know, I'm using those excuses off where like I can't, you know, I've only got 10 minutes to get the dogs around the block. Like I need to go, go, go and rush, rush, rush. Or, oh no, I like I need to sit at my Mac and do this program and eat my lunch alongside it. Like those little things that then just amount. And I find that when I'm not doing them, everything's just a little bit crazy and a little bit busy. And I feel that a little bit more overwhelmed. Whereas when I'm actually, you know, practicing that, you know, making time for yourself and being able to break from that routine and, keeping with those little things that that's what it's massively been about for me talk to me about the overwhelm piece because what has the potential to overwhelm one person actually wouldn't touch the sides with the next person when overwhelm plays out for you if we were like inside your head what would be going on I kind of can't really like think clearly and almost not see clearly. It's like (laughs) there's a hamster wheel in there that I just can't slow down or get off. And very quickly, everything's kind of merging into one. And I get very locked into that and find it hard Mm. to pull myself out when I'm like that. But from, you know, the work that I have done with you and what I've learned over this past 18 months has helped massively to to help me break that cycle sooner than what I maybe would have done 18 months ago. And my thoughts are going at a thousand mile an hour because I'm constantly running over everything in my head that I need to do, 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 go, go, go. And it's, I guess I'm not able to like break free in that moment. That's what it feels like. I'm sure there'll be many, many people who are listening to this being like, oh my God, me too. (laughs) And it's you making sure that you're thriving first, which is the thing that helps you to combat that overwhelm. I just want to highlight that because I think a lot of the time we are seeking out productivity tips, productivity hacks, journals, planners. We're seeking out like the thing that is going to make the overwhelm go away. And what I want to highlight in what 
you just said there is actually it's not that the amount of things that you have got to do is less. It's not that there's less on your plate or there's less to do. It's actually the way you're approaching the things, both with your thoughts and also your actions. And of course, that not only applies to how you've been practically approaching your business and your studies, but it also applies to the way that you've navigated the Thrive First Method content. So can you explain that? Because obviously, like I said earlier, you haven't been able to attend the li- a lot of the live calls. So how has that applied to the way that you've implemented your implemented and integrated your learning? Um, I think I've just sat with the content that, you know, you have produced. And I've been like this all of the way through my studies as well. I like to di- digest things first for a little while. <laughs> yeah. and I might sit with it for a couple of days or a day and then start to do something with it. And for me, I think a lot of that has been based around literally just slowing down. Like I I know I've just said it, but it comes back around to the little things that you you have got the time to make that time for taking the dogs out for maybe sitting with that like cup of tea and writing in your journals. Um, So every morning I I do gratitude journaling um, and that's something that I've been doing now for probably around 18 months and there's so many times there's so many times in the mornings where I could just where and I do have these thoughts I think that I don't have time for that right now I need to go and do this Mm. and I can't tell you how many times I've went to walk out of my bedroom and thinking actually it's going to take me less than five minutes to write in it three little statements and I am and that's it and and when I do it, and like it's almost like pulling yourself up on your behavior, calling mm. yourself up. Like that's what I think as well. It's that stopping and pausing and thinking, well, actually, that's nonsense what I'm thinking right now. I have got the five minutes to go and sit and do that. And I will. And afterwards, it's like it, it's like a firework goes off and that's it, me set up for the day. Yeah. And I think that's what you're really good at, Nikki, is getting us to actually realize that well I'm in control and I get to choose and I get to pull myself up on my behavior and I get to make that decision that I know is going to either either I'm not going to do it and it's going to be pecking away in the back of my head all day you didn't do that you know you've not done this and before you know it the day runs away with itself because you're constantly having that little hamster wheel going off in your head or the stopping doing it and everything's okay and that's it's yeah hard to explain and I'm sure it's very different for everyone but for me that's that for me yeah going back to the whole concept that we talk about all the time of highest value activities and actually figuring out for you what it takes to make you thrive it's going to be different it looks different on every one of us and so I just want to be clear for anyone listening who's like, oh, okay, so part of the Thrive First Method is gratitude in the mornings. No, not necessarily. That's it for Meg. But this is in answer to the question. So Meg, what have you done? How have you taken that, not come to many of the lives and implemented it yourself? What you're hearing there is someone who is figured has figured out what helps them to thrive and is actually doing it and listen, like really play that back in your own mind. Meg was going to walk out of her bedroom, pulled herself up on her own behaviors, recognize that there is a, even when you are, you, you've determined, this is what helps me to thrive first. You still haven't got to fucking do it. Like (laughs) there's no magic bullet to it. You know, you've, you've still got to be the one to do it. And there's plenty of opportunity, especially I imagine when you've got a PhD hanging over your head to not, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just touched on it there as well about the thriving first. And 
that penny only recently like dropped with me because I messaged you about it as well didn't I a couple of couple of months ago maybe now actually and it basically was from it was one of your stories that you actually posted on your Instagram I think after you'd done one of the um one of the workshops and you were walking the dogs and you called it your high value activity and it was like a light bulb went off in my head and I thought oh my goodness that is exactly what my high value activity is as well and I it then got me thinking about all those like bits in the day that have to happen actually they're what keep me being me and keep me thriving and mm. since then I've been really conscious of making sure that I'm fully present in those moments and making time for mm. them and then when I am everything else falls into place around it it's so true. Another thing that I often get is like, I'm doing another program, you know, I'm doing a PhD, or I'm doing a degree, or even I'm doing a marketing program at the moment, or I'm, you know, learning about neurolinguistic programming, NLP, or I'm doing a manifestation program. Can I do this at the same time? What would your answer be to that question? Yes, you absolutely can. <laughs> if I wish I had have listened, if I have, if I had heard someone saying that to me three years ago, I totally would have been in this. You absolutely can. And I think it's great because you provide such an array of content. Like I said at the beginning, as much as I would love to be coming more to the live sessions, it's not that I massively feel like I'm missing out because you have the replays on there you know you put so much mm. helpful and useful content on your social media platforms and I get a lot from the podcast that I listen to every single mm. week absolutely there there is more than enough time to have Nikki in your life <laughs> <laughs> tell me then because we love the method we just bloody love love the method apart from the intro module which is the foundations it explains the Thrive Fest method it sets you up We've got five modules, so they are connect to yourself. And in that module, you really understand your personal preferences, what helps you to thrive. Then we've got zoom out goal setting. And then modules three, four, and five are plan, do, review. And we practice them weekly. And you don't even have to come to any of the live events to practice them weekly on your own. Which part for you, Meg, is there a specific part of the method that benefits you the most? it's that first module about the thriving first and then I think following on from that is the planning your week and what that's going to look like and where everything goes into those slots on your calendar and if I have that then I know that I mean you know anything can happen (laughs) at any given Mm. moment and with if and when that does I know I'm more equipped and and can better cope with it because of this work that I've yeah. implemented into my week um, and how yeah. I go about my life and my business. And like I said, a lot of it, I think for me, is that just pulling myself up on some behaviors that you talk about a lot and a lot of what this work is based on. And that's what I get out of it the most, I think. Yeah. What was taking up your time the most, Meg? So I know for me, the thing that used to take up the majority of my time in a non-productive way was all of the disempowering thoughts all of the fear thoughts I've got and what I've realized is true about me is I've got a really good imagination and when that imagination isn't used intentionally it just plays out these negative scenes in my head of all the things that are going to go wrong all the ways you're going to look like a tit all the failures you're going to have and actually based on that failure it's not going to be long until you're living on the streets and you've let everyone down. And like <laughs> those fear thoughts would lead to not doing things at all, procrastinating, doing things half-assed. How did that play out for you, Meg? 
I think a lot of this was based around my my PhD, to be honest. Um, I really suffered from quite a lot of anxiety um, over this course of this past few years with it. And I would find myself in periods that would just seem to last and I'd get, you know, nowhere with my work because I'd be constantly just catastrophizing. And before I knew it, I'd get so far down, be kind of too scared to start the work as well or take the next step because when you're doing a PhD it is it's total swings and roundabouts like there's so much failure along the way for it and there is a lot of self-doubt as well because everything is constantly changing and evolving with it and I think that then kind of started to eat into a lot of just me as a person and into my life and that's kind of been you know a cycle that I've been in from my I guess from I started my research degree because when you when I was on my undergraduate you're you're given everything you're given the syllabus the criteria what you, this is what you need to know that's what you need to write for that essay that's what needs will be in that exam but when it comes to research degrees that is not the case <laughs> you're given a blank canvas and it's like okay off you go and, and let's create this project and I think that was just such a huge transition from mm. my undergrad to then and it was almost like I just I couldn't I couldn't cope with it because I've always been quite a high achiever and I always want to do well it felt like I was suddenly getting knocked back at every like turn that I took I guess it just filled me full of a lot of self-doubt and a lot of anxiety around whether or not you know I was good enough to do this do I have what it takes to do this am I and this has been ongoing for this past like three years with my thesis like reading back on sections of it and thinking well that's a load of nonsense I should just start that again but yeah (laughs) it's you've got to just get started and I've just come to realize that with my work it's a it's a matter of opinion at the end of the day like and I've got six supervisors in my team who all have very different and very contradicting opinions and it's realizing that no actually you know you're exactly where you're supposed to be with this and doing what you should be doing with it. And it's kind of, I guess, that bringing you back around to that. But 18 months ago, I wouldn't have been saying this to you today. I've done a lot of work, you know, the work that you have provided. And during that time as well, I also seen um, a therapist as well, which was a massive help. So that helped to, you know, all of these two big things, Mm. you and then that influence from her, just kind of then got me practicing like everything that we have just talked about to help with the anxiety to help with the overwhelm and to help just keep me you know moving forward with it because essentially that's exactly it isn't it we're the ones who are ultimately responsible for both what we put out there if we're particularly if you're a business owner what you put out there to the world but also your inner world as well you know you just said there you were reading back over parts of your thesis thinking that's nonsense I best do it again can't tell you the amount of podcast episodes that I've recorded and then been like do you know what I'm gonna just delete that whole thing and re-record it when actually there's nothing wrong with it might not be your best work there's nothing in particular wrong with it I just want to loop back before we finish the episode I've loved today by the way You said earlier on, through all of this work, all the different aspects of the work you've chosen to do, you've chosen to implement some of this content, you've chosen to access a therapist, you've chosen to gain support with your studies. You've sort of said a few times now, I'm very different. I'm I'm a very different person now to like 18 months ago. Who sits before us now, Meg? One of the things that many of my clients do find difficult is self-acknowledgement. So every single Friday when we do review, it's a celebration. Yeah, we take our lessons and we see what we could have done more of, less of, or different. But also, it's also about celebrating yourself. It's about 
acknowledging without it being egotistical or without it being obnoxious. It's just acknowledging how far you've come and who you are growing into because you're always growing, whether you are doing it intentionally or not, because life and business is forever changing. The landscape around you is forever changing. You have no choice. You can't actually stay the same. So who does sit before us now, Meg? How have you changed um difficult to put into words I think if I look back to myself who I was back then I think like this is going to sound ridiculous but I think like I've always been me but when I was growing up and you touched on it just then about you know we are supposed to change we are supposed to grow I was very much brought up to believe that this is you and that's it you don't change you don't but and as as I moved here I think it become it was such a transition for me to grow and evolve into the person that I am now and I can even remember a family member saying to me you've just changed so much I I don't understand (laughs) and almost made me kind of doubt well is that a good thing or a bad thing and actually it's a great thing and looking back on myself 18 months ago I've always been very like independent knew who I was always kind of have gone after what I want And I think I've always had that. But back then I was just that bit stuck and just kind of felt like I didn't really know who I was back then. Um, And I think it's because I'd let everything else get so on top of me as opposed to prioritizing my own needs and what I need to thrive. And I think now I'm able to recognize a lot of what those things are and what has helped me to get to where I am today. I think it's just realizing that you, you have this within you as well. I think that maybe like I always knew there was something in there that just needed to like come out and I don't think I'd have it or realize what it is now if I'd not gone through that like transition I guess with it yeah absolutely the the things that stand out for me the most there is actually that fundamental realization that I can grow yeah and I can change and when you realize that it can be a really scary thing because all of a sudden who you are in the eyes of others Like it can feel like, oh, is it safe? Like, am I, is it safe to change and grow? But also acknowledging within yourself that actually it's really incremental. Everything that we've talked about today and all the examples that Meg's given around how she structures her work and how she structures her time to make sure that she's thriving first. These aren't big things, as in they're big, they're they're actually enormous in terms of the grand scheme of the change it will create in your life and business over time. But they are so small and incremental that you wouldn't really notice them. So Meg, firstly, congratulations on your PhD and running a business and all, all of the things. But also thank you so much for sharing with us today your experience and how your journey has unfolded Because I know for a lot of people, you will have A, normalized how they feel, but also B, help them to recognize that it's not fixed. You do get to be able to change over time, even if the circumstances around you are really challenging, which I think it goes without saying for you, running a business and completing a PhD, it's pretty challenging. (laughs) yeah absolutely and I think if you can just like you said asked earlier about you know what would you say to someone if they've not got you know all of this going on and not got time it's you do it's just about grounding yourself and making use of the likes of you and again I keep coming back to it the little things like for me they are the massive things in my life that's what keeps me ticking keeps me happy and just keeps me settled Um, and I know if I neglect those well then I'm gonna feel quite different so Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something we can all relate to neglecting the little things that 
bring with them much bigger consequences over time. And the flip side, you know, not like neglecting those small things and noticing the difference over time. So thank you so much for sharing that, Meg. I'm going to leave all the links in the show notes so that you can go and find Meg and the amazing work that she does. If you want to head over to Instagram now, her handle is Megan Hewitt PT. I will leave the links in the show notes, not only to find Meg, but also so that you can find the details on the Thrive First Method, how to sign up if that's something that you want to do. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode as much as I have recording it with Meg. Thanks again, Meg, and we'll see you in the next episode.